Our scripture does come from James this morning. Hear these words from James 2, verses 1 through 17. My siblings, do you with your acts of favoritism really believe in our glorious Lord, Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please, while to the one who is poor you say, stand there, sit at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved siblings, has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For the one who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not commit murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery but if you murder you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good good is it, my siblings, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a sibling is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Now, let me share with you before uh, we respond together, I'm going to sneak another little verse in, uh, or a couple little more verses, okay, before we share together in our response. These verses come from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now let's respond together, shall we? Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Amen. Did you catch that? If you were listening carefully... And it's okay if you weren't. I get it. Sometimes that happens in the middle of things. We start making our grocery list in our head. I get it. But if you caught it, if you caught it, you realize something important. We have dueling scriptures. Did you hear that? Dueling scriptures. 
because in James, we hear this last little phrase, so faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Wow. But Ephesians tells us that by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not your own doing. So wait a minute. Is it faith or is it works? Oh, interesting, isn't it? Dueling scriptures. Or let's put it this way, them's fighting words. <laughs> You've heard that before. And if I asked you, which I'm not going to do, by the way, lots of times I'd like to ask and hear you respond, but I'm not going to do that today. Uh, but, uh, but if I said to you, what would I say? And you would say back to me, oh, Becky, them's fighting words. Ooh, what might it be? Don't, don't say it out loud. <laughs> Just think it. There are a few things, aren't they, that someone could say to us that we would say back, oh, them's fighting words. Absolutely. This in particular, these scriptures have absolutely, in the life of the church, been fighting words. No doubt about it. Because it's the argument that says this, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead versus faith alone. Or there's a little phrase. Let me ask you who has heard this. Here's, here's a little mini quiz. This is some church history stuff. I promise I won't get too far in the weeds with church history, but I do like church history. But, but I think it informs our thinking around this text. Who's here, who here has heard the phrase, sola fide? Anybody? Sola fide? You know what that is? Some of you clergy are all like, yeah, we got it, we get it, all right. I know. So, so oh, good, I'm glad I get to, to uh, tell you about this today. Solo Fide is actually that term that uh, is used especially um, from Luther, from Martin Luther, and it means faith alone. It means we are saved by faith alone. Interesting, and that's why it's considered fighting words in the church. It it reminds me a little bit of the fact that um, that we uh, we all really kind of struggle to figure this out. Uh, is it by faith that we are saved? Oh, as as the Ephesians intimates, or is it? by our works. Martin Luther, Martin Luther, Solaf Day, committed to the idea that salvation could be reached through faith alone. He vigorously objected to the corrupt practice of selling indulgences in the Catholic Church. Acting on this belief, he wrote something called the 95 Theses. Is that's what we actually know it as? Now, I bet a lot of you know what that is. But actually, let me tell you the real title of it. But if I would have introduced it that way, you would not have known it. The Disputation on the Power and Efficacy of Indulgences is the actual official title. But it's the 95 Theses. And does anybody remember what he did with the 95 Theses? Absolutely, you got it, yeah. Yeah, and, and, well, and that's, I, it's been said that maybe that's a story to maybe dramatize it, but basically what he did was he hung it up on the, uh, the door of the Wittenberg church, right? 
And, and people like to say, you know, we have it with the hammer, kind of hammering it and nailing it in there. The real story is probably he just posted it so people knew they were going to start having some discussions about these issues. But ultimately, ultimately, this is where Protestantism got its start. And don't you love it that our name means protest? You ever think about that before? I mean, it's the protest against all of this, and especially against this idea, sola fidei, right? It's faith alone, or is it works? As a matter of fact, Luther said this about the book of James, which I just shared the scripture from James. Uh, he said, he, he disliked that book so much, he referred to it as a gospel of straw. <laughs> a gospel of straw. He had seven books that he wanted removed from the New Testament for the very same reasons. Because it focused, they focused a little bit too much on works, on living out your faith, on being doers of the word. And he didn't like that. Well, they stayed in. <laughs> but it, again, interesting how that's how the Protestant Reformation occurred. Them's fighting words. No doubt about it. And still, frankly, they're still fighting words. Hmm. The scripture, especially this morning, has two particular uh, segments, two particular little phrases that I want to focus on because it helps us understand all of this. And it's interesting that it's, one of them is at the very beginning of the text and one of them is at the very end. It's like a good book. It has that really great gravious sentence. It has the wrap it up sentence at the end. So number one is this. My brothers and sisters, do you, with your acts of favoritism, really believe in our glorious Lord, Jesus Christ? Ouch. Ouch. It's an important question for us to ask. And then 17 says this. So by faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Those two verses are what we really need to catch today. Have you ever been treated with favoritism? Have you ever? I, I have. I've been treated with the other word, shall I say it? It's a fighting word these days. I've been treated with privilege. Oh, we really don't like that word these days because it brings up a whole lot of stuff. But I have been treated that way. Now, I've also been treated with sexism and less than because of my gender. So I, I, I've been, I can see both sides to that, but certainly, certainly, I have been treated more often with favoritism than not. And so we pause for a moment and we reflect a little bit on that, especially over the last 18 months we have experienced life in a whole new way. Both COVID and racial injustice have had me looking in the mirror 
as the scripture last week said. The scripture last week said this, For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and on going away immediately forget what they are like. Have you ever noticed that about yourself? I don't want to be that person. But at times we are those people. We look at ourselves in the mirror and we think to ourselves, oh, how am I doing with this? Have I treated people with favoritism? I have. But I don't want that to be the case. And, and, and have I focused only on my faith but not reached out and cared for folks as much as I should? Oh. And I look at that honest picture in the mirror and I go, okay, this is what I need to work on. But then unfortunately, it's too easy to turn away from the mirror and walk away and forget what we saw. Just walk away. Mm. I will say to you this, that what I have noticed, this little phrase uh, that has meant a lot to me in this last 18 months, that's given me some help and encouragement along the way, especially with this, is this little phrase. We are all in the same storm, but we are not in the same boat. Can you feel that? Yeah. Because at the beginning, when COVID started and all this started, we, we, we kept on hearing, oh, we're all in this together. And we are, it's true. But you know, we're all in the same storm, but you know what? Our boats are all quite different. Our boats are, are different. And, and my boat is pretty comfortable. My boat has a lot of resources in it. And my boat has a lot of good folks who support and love me. And so my boat, it was, it was fine. But I have some friends and I have some people that I know whose boats were not fine. And they needed a little bit of help during that time. And still, that's the truth. It helps me get this. Yes, we are all in this together. But we're not all the same. And we have different struggles along the journey. This is what I think we need to look at in regards to these scriptures today to help us along the path of Christian maturity. What is it? What is it that we see? Is it faith or is it works? Is it faith or is it works? Well, let me tell you a story to help you with that. This is a story you're so familiar with. There are a few folks who were blindfolded and taken into a room and asked to describe what was in the room with them. One felt along and said, oh, I must be really careful not to touch this too closely because I am touching a serpent. Someone else felt in that room and, and said, oh, this is a great, strong, sturdy tree. And then someone else said, oh, this is so interesting. It's a very thin broom. Friends, what were they feeling? 
an elephant. You know the story, an elephant. And can I tell you what? They were all right. They were all right. And so let's ask the question, is it faith or is it works? And can I say to you, yes. It is both. Balance is the key here. Balance is the key. I can be angry and sad and happy, quiet, cheerful, funny, very serious. I can do all of that within a moment. I'm Becky, and all of those things are part of who I am and who I can be. All of those things balance. Because Christian maturity is not one or the other. Remember, we're in ordinary time, and so we are talking our way through this season of growth, and this season is about growing up as Christians and having Christian maturity. And part of that is understanding that things are not always black and white. There's some gray area. And it can be both. It can be both. Faith and works is our response to salvation. When I encounter Jesus, my Savior, I respond with faith. I'm so grateful for faith and, and for the belief in Christ. And I'm, I'm so grateful for, for the sacrifice on my behalf. And I'm so grateful for God's love for me and for all of us. That's my faith. And you know what happens? That makes me want to work on behalf of Jesus. That makes me want to reach out and care for others. That makes me want to share my faith in really good, meaningful ways and love this world in the name of Jesus. Both are correct. And as we mature, we start to see that more clearly. Here's good news for today. We have ample opportunities, dear friends, to live this out in our lives today. Now, as a matter of fact, note your own acts of favoritism. Note those. Notice them as they happen throughout the day, throughout the week, and decide how you can shift that, how we can improve, how we can do better, how we can grow in our faith. And also, start to think about how you put your faith into action. What does that look like in your world? I know sometimes folks are, are limited by health or physical issues, and I say always to folks, there's always a way, always, always a way to serve. You can simply pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm thinking about you. You mean a lot to me, and, and I love you. It takes maybe, I don't know, 30 seconds to a minute, and it means the world to someone. Or write a note. Or 
volunteer to help out making sandwiches here at the church that we donate or bring some food or figure out how to help out with NEMAP or, oh, I could just keep on going and going and going because there's so many ways to put your faith into action. Dear friends, we heard some fighting words this morning, but we also heard some amazing words of grace and faith. Thanks be to God. Amen.